welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of August 12, 2018. This week's Sound Prince features Amanda Selm on page 2 as she brings us up to date on the first nationwide conference call for ACB members under 40. On page 3, we bring you four articles posted in the past few weeks from the ACB leadership list. But before we get to page 2 and page 3, and to the Soundprints calendar on page 4, we want to recognize our individual and major sponsors of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Conference and Reunion. Our sponsors play a major role in covering the costs of our reunion and also help to underwrite alumni history projects throughout the year. This year, sponsors at the 25 level and up receive our 2018 limited edition Treasure CD, which contains approximately 100 tracks featuring the voices of more than 28 KSB alumni and staff in radio. Thanks to Michael McCarty for putting this CD together. Huge thanks to the following sponsors. Green Sponsors, $10. Hiram Hoskins, Joe Kuswara, Linda Kuswara, and Kendall Perry. White Sponsors, $25, Burt Boyer, Crystal and Farmer Brock, Kevin Cobb, Bill and Debbie Dethridge, Dorothy Gove, North Carolina, Samantha Hubbard and Patty Cox, Kenny Jones, Larry Mann, Tim Moore, Billy Myers, Laura Myers, Beth Phillips, Aaron Reed of Frankfurt, Shirley Stivers from Bellevue, Deb Trevino from Delaware, Elaine Weisbard, Donna Wheeler, and Bill Wright. Red Sponsors, $50, Joey and Natalie Couch, B.T. Kimbrough, Gary Mudd, Susan Robertson, Deanna Scoggins. Blue Sponsors, $100, Daryl Buford, Cloyd Oaks, Linda Oaks, David Perry from Cincinnati, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, Eric Stamm from Knoxville, Tennessee, and Ronnie White. Our major sponsors were the Lula Dotson Legacy and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. It's not too late to become a sponsor and get your own copy of the 2018 Alumni Treasures CD. For more information, contact Carla Rushevel at 502-897-1472. And now, for sound prints. Page 2. We're talking with Amanda Selm. She is the secretary of our Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation chapter, and she's also a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board of Directors. And she wears some other hats as well. Welcome, Amanda. Hi. How are you guys? I think everybody's probably, um, maybe hopefully, cheery and happy and waiting to hear about some new activities for young people in ACB. Amanda, you last spring were the Crossroads Planning Chair for our Crossroads Leadership Conference, and you're also the Convention Chair for this coming convention for the Kentucky Council of the Blind in November, Um, but you're also working on a new project, and this came out of your trip to St. Louis, so tell us about that. Well, um, this was my first convention. American Council of the Blind Convention in St. Louis this year, and it was really exciting to go and meet so many people. And one of the things that kind of triggered the idea of starting an under-40 group 
within the national organization is that I kept hearing a lot of people that were around my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, say, well, we need a place for people in ACB for people like us. And I obviously commented and said, you know, I completely agree. That was the average comment that I responded with. So we came home, and it was really... It, it was really neat to see the outpouring of support from our chapter back here as soon as we had our next meeting. Um, I proposed the idea back in July, and overwhelmingly we decided to move forward with it, give it a shot. And the reason we wanted to form this group is because the under 40 group, I would say the 25 to 40 range is kind of a interesting time in a person's life. You don't exactly know what's going to happen, what the future holds. You might have a set plan, but there's, there's, there's really, there's really, you really have no idea what what's happening. And that's kind of like where we're having, you know, we have kids, we have jobs, we have responsibilities. So a lot of people who are blind and impaired need the support in those different aspects so that's, that's kind of what got it started and you don't fit in with students right because most of you are not students exactly that's another that's another point I wanted to bring up because with student organizations you have to be enrolled in a two-year or four-year college and a lot of the, the question after that, after they get involved on the national level, sometimes even the state level, uh, the question comes up, well, what do I do now? And there's no really kind of transitional uh, organization that goes from the student organization sometimes to the, uh, the state level. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think that this is a good kind of in-between area. Mm-hmm. And face it not all of us are going to grad school and some of us really college might not be for us and then also for many years ACB has had a place on the registration form that says the check off on the the first page that says Mm -hmm. um, you know are you a young professional and it's it may say 30 or under or whatever on there and um, and that's that's a group but but that everybody that's in the in that in the age group of next generation um, isn't in a professional job either. 30, 25 to forty year olds, or um, we, we're saying twenty five is the lower age, but really it's it's lower than that. If you get out of school, and and you're not a student, regardless of if you're you know twenty or you're twenty five or whatever, you get out of high school. And, and you're not a student, you may or may not be a, quote, professional. Um, mm-hmm. you, you might be uh, at home. You might have a job somewhere. Um, you know, just like in society, everybody doesn't do the same thing. You can't right. paint that whole age group with the same brush. Right. And that's, I, I think that's what I hear you saying is that this new... Uh, initiative that the KCB Next Generation chapter is heading up is is for anybody in that age group, regardless of where they fall 
in that spectrum of job, student, um, just, uh, you know, regardless of what they perceive their situation to be, the age is the common denominator. So after you got home from the convention, you all talked about it. And we also got a call from the, some of the West Virginia folks. Donna Brown gave me a phone call and said, hey, um, we've got some young people. And we were just so impressed with the Kentucky young people at the convention. And how can we get together? So out of that grew the next activity. So tell us what happened. Well, as soon as that was happening, um, when we got home, I started sharing our social media page. Yeah. The Kentucky Council on the Blind Next Generation. Um, it's on Facebook if anyone wants to look that up. I started sharing that with other people that I became friends with at convention that sent me friend requests either before or sent me friend requests either before I got home or right after I got home. So I started sharing that with them. And what happened through that is I think the word started to spread on social media and then we organized a conference call with um, we organized a conference call uh, to be held on the Zoom the Zoom cloud, which was this past Monday, and we had about thirty people on that conference call, including um, our KCD Next Gen Mama Patty Cox. She's the, we call her Mama because she's the founder. She's kind of what got it started here in Kentucky, and we were very pleased to have her along with all eight of our members on that call. And so the outpouring of support on the national level from people like you, Carla, and, of course, Chris Gray in Missouri and Donna Brown in West Virginia helping getting the word out there, even John McCann in Arizona, the outpouring of support on the national level is just amazing because to know that we have that support to move forward is, is, is assuring, and it gives me... And I'm sure a lot of the other people that were on that call, it gives us a sense of hope that this will work out. So we, on that call, we introduced ourselves, and you all would be amazed at the leadership in other states um, and what these young people are doing in other states. We had people that were on a resolutions committee for their state in Michigan, and we had, we had a 19-year-old from Massachusetts that was on there heavily involved in her chapter and it was just it, w it was an outpouring of, of leadership we had uh, an ACB board of director on there Katie Frederick and it, it was really neat to see the diversity and yes we had a couple of Hawaiians on there as well and so at going all the way across the country and seeing how things are done differently, but seeing how the mindset really is there that we want to get, we want to get this chapter started. Okay, and you also have an article coming out in the September Brawl Forum, which was actually written before your phone calls. So yes, uh, yes, but it gives more information too. <laughs> yes, and so that people reading the forum who haven't heard about it just through email, Amanda to get. 30 people on your first call just from posting it on email lists and, and Facebook is just really, uh, that that is a, a great accomplishment just, just right there. And so then will come the forum article, and that's probably going to come out 
around the right at the end of August, which will be around the 31st, the 30th, or over the Labor Day weekend, around uh, maybe the Tuesday right after Labor Day. So by the time you have your next call, that forum article will have come out, and um, that will reach some more people. So tell us about your next phone call. When is it? Of it? When is it coming up? Okay, so our next phone call is going to be on September 10th, which is a Monday, which is the Monday right after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be at 8.30 also on the Zoom line and um, 8.30 Eastern Time. I should probably mention that as well. Right. So there's no confusion. And this call, we will be focusing on, you know, the goals for what we want to see out, come out of this affiliate, the direction, the goals, our ambition, so on and so forth. Um, maybe focus a little bit on we want the name to be somewhat um, just kind of we're still in the beginning uh, stages of trying to get things up and going. Uh, judging by the previous call we had, there was an, there was an ongoing and outpouring amount of ambition from all of the people that were on the call that they really want to see this happen. And as we all know, it does not happen overnight. It really does take a lot of hard work. But this is just the beginning for us. So I think our goal is to really kind of lay the groundwork first before we dive into the more uh, complex subjects, I guess you would call it. Or the stage two. So we're in phase one now, which is seeing where we want to go, what our goals are, and coming up with our name and so on and so forth. So that's what the next call is going to focus on. So we're inviting everyone. The announcement went out on social media this morning. Um, we're inviting everyone to bring their ideas, their thoughts, their questions, any, any kind of anything they have that they need answers to. We're inviting them to come and participate in the uh, in the conference call, and this is we want support from those of you who feel like if you you can support us and you're over the age of forty, we want you there. We want your help. We welcome your help and your advisory. All right, and so that's at eight thirty Eastern time. That would be seven thirty Central, uh, five thirty Pacific. That's actually 2.30 Hawaiian time right now Hawaiian because time, they're yeah. six hours behind us when we're on daylight time. Hawaii does not go on daylight time. So they'll be, okay. um, it's 2.30 in the afternoon there. Uh, and the number that people will um, call to join is, the, uh, we have a Zoom cloud number from the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and that number is... Six six nine and the code is three five seven two five nine five one nine three. Now, Amanda, when you send out the information, you also have included in your announcements links where people can just get right into that call using their smartphones and so on. But if if you're just calling from a landline. You don't have to have a special um, smartphone. You don't have to have an iPhone or whatever to join the call or a computer even. You can just call in as well on the landline. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. and it really it really works well and um that's and, and you and matt run the call i want to say to amanda um just kind of recognize the work of of the the next generation members here it, it's a very interesting chapter because it's a small chapter but it sure has a bunch of active people uh, when we went to convention this summer there were five of you that were at the st louis convention and yeah. um joey couch is the first vice president of kcb and has been a vice president for a number of years and he's in next generation he was our delegate this summer and yes. your husband matt matt is the president of next generation matt is the next gen representative on the kcb board and he was our alternate delegate and i want to say you know sometimes uh <laughs> some people that have that have gone to convention a long time and stuff and that oh i don't know i don't i don't want to go in i don't want to have to be in those sessions and things i gotta tell you nobody had to wonder where joey and matt were they were <laughs> right there and yes. um that they were taking it all in and yes. when there was something that somebody needed to know some those guys were right there. They were the essence of what the delegate and the alternate ought to be doing. So um, when people talk about that young people don't want to do things, oh, they don't want to join, they don't want to do this and that, a lot of people don't. But I, I would rather have, give me 10 good active people who want to do something as opposed to 300 that couldn't care less any old okay. day. And I yes. just think our next gen people are tops. Oh, we we really that's one thing we talked about when we were going to St. Louis was making sure that we got involved where we could. I mean, you had Matt and Joey who were heavily involved in general sessions. Yes. Uh, Samantha Hubbard and I oh. we worked the mini mall. You all lived in the mini mall. <laughs> We loved it. I loved meeting all. That's the way I met a lot of people, that and doing tours. And then, of course, we were also um, heavily involved in the CCLVI, yes. uh, which is the Council of Citizens with Low Vision. Mm -hmm. uh, we were involved in some of those events. And um, Ben Wright. Oh, I, and I then there was Ben. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, Ben Wright, who never sat still for two seconds. No. That whole week, he was everywhere. He and Joey yes. roomed together uh, at the convention, and when and and Joey and um, Joey flew up with Debbie and Bill Detheridge and and Adam and me, and when we got to the hotel on Thursday, we got checked in, and we all had gone to our rooms. And Joey and Ben were gonna room together, but I think um, Joey got there before Ben, so Ben shows up gets checked in and Joey, when we ran into joey that night at dinner he said well have y'all gotten settled in and joey joey had already been to the store he'd already been out and gone different places he said oh ben came in he was there about 15 minutes he said, well i gotta go i gotta go do this and that and the other and i mean those guys never stopped no none of you did and i don't know well i guess well years ago when i was 
your age. I suppose that I had as much energy, but, you know, I'm really not sure I did. <laughs> it was amazing. You all just, you'd work at Mini Mall all day long, and then at night you'd be going to all these activities and things. And I hope that whether you can actually get your charter next year, I, I think, I have faith that by this time next year that you all will have a charter as an affiliate of ACB. It may or may not work out, but I somehow think it will. And that, and I, I want to say, too, that, um, you know, there, there's been attempts to set up this type of affiliate before, and they haven't worked because that affiliate isn't there right now. Um, but you know what, Amanda, that's not the only time that's happened. Um, KCB has tried to get uh, a chapter like Next Generation set up, but even the Greater Louisville Council, where you know we are a pretty large chapter now and very active, it took us three attempts to try to get that chapter going before it succeeded. So just because something doesn't work one time doesn't mean it isn't going to work. It just takes the right combination and the right timing, and I, I, I have confidence that that you all are um, are going to be able to help that along. And if it doesn't work, it won't be that it's a massive failure and oh goodness we failed and you know whatever. It'll just be that well maybe the time wasn't right. Maybe we need to work on this a little more. So it it you certainly will not be. Uh, either way, it won't be the first time that, you know, something um, either is successful or maybe just needs a little more help to be more successful the next year. So I, I think you all are doing just a magnificent job. And, uh, we are doing. I think it, it all has to do with the support system we have, not just here. I mean, we have a great one here in Kentucky with our leadership here in Kentucky, but like I said, on the national level, seeing people from the national level really helps uh, spread the word and, you know, getting on our calls and saying, well, I can help with this and that. And it gives me, it, it, like I said, it gives me the confidence and the reassurance that I think it will work. I really do. And there's, there's people out there also, you know, there's so many negative things that happen in the world. And there's people that are out there and they, they look for the negativity and the failure, but it's really nice to know that those people are staying hidden right now, and in my opinion, and <laughs> that we have this upbeat and positive vibe around us right now. And I hope it sticks with us because that's what we're going to need in order to get our charter. True, very true. And to get your charter, you you'll need 25 members, but I think you're off to a off to a really good start and as soon as you get that structure in there and you can begin collecting those dues I think you're going to find that that you'll make that 25 pretty easily so well I certainly appreciate you being on Soundprints before we go um, for the local people listening tell us about the next uh, next generation activities that are coming up well we've got one um, coming up in August right now and it's going to be on August the 25th, and we're going to be going to dinner at Cheddar's from 4 to, I think, 4.30 to 7. Okay. And 
we just would love to, and that is not just for younger people. That is for anyone in the local area or surrounding area if you'd like to come and join us. On uh, August the 24th, we'll be, of course, participating in Roundabout. Uh, our activities typically start between, get started between 7 and 7.30. And we invite anyone under the age of 40 to come hang out with us. Um, and we do different activities. Sometimes it's uh, games or we just hang out. Uh, it just depends on, like, what the vibe is that night. Sometimes we have a couple of planned things. We've been kind of out of the loop uh, with um, the KSB alumni last month. So uh, we're hoping to get back on track this okay. month with All an right. activity. Okay. All right. Well, we will look for you then, and we were, um, we were glad to see you for a little bit last night and um definitely looking forward to that cheddar's dine out that'll be fun oh yes yeah yes so all right well thank you so much and good luck to the next generation and the under 40 crowd on the new national initiative to get an acb affiliate uh, going for that age group thank you very much Page 3. This first article was posted on August 7 on ACB Leadership and is entitled Chicago's Lighthouses, Shedding Light on Artists with Disabilities. This article appeared on mbsnews.com. Some street art in Chicago is shedding light on the challenges millions of us face every day. Let's take a stroll with Dean Reynolds. This summer in Chicago, beacons of hope have sprouted on the sidewalk, dotting Michigan Avenue's magnificent mile with a message for the masses. Quote, Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see, said Janet Schlick, S-Z-L-Y-K, president of the Chicago Lighthouse, a social service organization which works on behalf of the visually impaired, physically or emotionally challenged, and military veterans. The lighthouses are part of a campaign by Lighthouse to illuminate and celebrate the potential of people with disabilities. Many of the 51 lighthouses on display are works of art created by those whom fate has tested, such as artist Pooja, P-O-O-J-A, Pitty, P-I-T-T-I-E. Quote, focus on what you can do, not what you can't do, she told Reynolds. Her muscular dystrophy has not impeded her brushstrokes. Describing her painted lighthouse, Pity said, quote, It's called boundless. And to me, that word, it just evokes a world full of possibilities. End quote. A phone app provides information on the works and the artists. Reynolds said, it must give you a great sense of accomplishment. Every day, she said, every day I show up at the easel and paint. I feel that. Schlick said, they feel empowered. That's the key word, empowerment. About half of the artists showcased in the exhibit are living with disabilities. Quote, it really highlights Chicago as a city of inclusion, Schlick said. Chicago has a history of similar street displays. Cows one summer, police dogs during another. These lighthouses carry messages. Erica Vassana's piece 
is called blindfold brushes, and passers-by can see what it's like to not see. Rise Up is another work. It's about people with disabilities installing a light bulb into the lighthouse, said the artist Francisco Ramirez. They are all reaching up in some sort of way to be a beacon. Ramirez said it shows disabilities, such as his bipolar disorder, are speed bumps, not roadblocks. Schlick said, So often I hear of people who have great resumes, great education, great credentials, and they go for an interview, a first interview, and don't make it to a second interview because of an obvious disability. We are talking about tens of millions of Americans who could be in the workplace, but are somehow not making their way in. The Chicago Lighthouse is trying to change that. It already has a workforce that produces clocks for the home and office, and hundreds more work at call centers it runs, underlining the point that the disabled can be productive. The irony of this new campaign is that some of the artists obviously can't see their own product. Carlos Ranica, H-R-A-N-I-C-K-A, has significant vision loss, but nonetheless helped to create a tapestry adorning one of the pieces. He hopes people who see will think. They'll have a second opinion about what kind of talents disabled or blind or visually impaired people have, Ranica said. And what better way to show it? When asked if this exhibition might be the beginning of lighthouses all over the world, Schlick said, I would be thrilled if this started a trend that spread all over the world. Shining a light into the darkness? Yes. The next article was posted on August 6th on Leadership and is entitled, We're Pioneering Something. Visually Impaired Runners Tackle Grueling Death Race. This article appeared on cbc.ca. The first team of blind and partly blind athletes to compete in Alberta off-trail race. A local team of five runners with visual impairments are taking on the Canadian death race this weekend, a grueling 24-hour, 125-kilometer relay race through the Rocky Mountains. The Ottawa team will be the first comprised of blind or partly blind participants to attempt the race near Grand Cache, Alberta, since the event began in 2000. One of the athletes, Shelley Ann Morris, and her guide, George Hajacek, H-A-J-E-C-E-K, told CBC Radio's in town and out about how important teamwork is for such a competition. Quote, it's definitely one brain, two bodies, and that's how we have to train, and that's how we have to run in the race, Morris said. Morris and Hadjacek, like their other teammates, have run half marathons and other road races before. But the Canadian death race will be their first off-trail race. Hedicek, who has full vision, said it's his responsibility to make sure Morris 
is aware of obstacles like rocks and trees. Their leg of the race even included wading through a stream. Quote, I think there might be some bears, Hedicek said half-jokingly. Race participants are provided with bear bangers and mace in case of an unlikely encounter. Training in Gatineau Park, G-A-T-I-N-E-A-U. Quote, My responsibility in the race is really to give full attention to what's in front of me and also to be constantly listening to what George is saying, said Morris, who has no sight in her right eye and limited vision in her left, because I have to act and react very quickly. The team has been training in Gatineau Park, which Hedicek said helps them get ready for the terrain. But the logistics of the race will still pose a challenge. Quote, Just to get to the start line is a huge accomplishment, and there's lots of factors we need to think through to get there and make sure we have all the equipment that we need, he said. It's the first time for us, so we don't really know what to expect. We just need to show up and run. End of quote. We're pioneering something. Morris hopes that she and her team will be able to inspire others with partial vision and other disabilities to take part in adventurous activities. Quote, we are able to get off the sidelines and participate fully in something that a lot of people might never have thought possible, she said. I really feel that we're pioneering something. The race begins Saturday and ends Sunday. Our next article was posted on August 2. From ACB Leadership comes Why I Love WCAG and You Should Too. This article appeared in BrailleWorks.com. So much of our everyday lives involves using the Internet on our computers, phones, watches, and more. It's nearly impossible to go through a day without Googling something, catching up on our favorite topics, or interacting with friends on social platforms, all online. The Internet has given us the world. We're a global community, and as a global community, it'd be ideal if we could all access the same, necessary information. That's where WCAG comes into play. Ready for some technical stuff? Deep breath. Here we go. The World Wide Web Consortium, W3C, put together the Web Accessibility Initiative, WAI, who broke into working groups, WGs, that helps create Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG, so everyone can use the Internet. And while WAI through W3C compiled WCAG, so many acronyms, they made sure to get input from people around the world, tested their solutions on real websites, and made sure it worked the way it should. I love WCAG, and I'd like to tell you why it's worth your love, too. Who it benefits? It's true that many view WCAG recommendations only as helping people with disabilities, 
and unfortunately, some disregard these recommendations altogether because they don't feel their clientele falls into that category. But they're wrong. And, though their intent probably isn't malicious, they're excluding a large audience. WCAG benefits more than people with disabilities. It benefits all of us and reaches your clientele. Sure, WCAG was originally developed to provide equal access to people with varying disabilities, such as auditory, cognitive, neurological, physical, speech, and visual impairments, which then evolved to include the aging population, those with low or limited literacy, and those not fluent in the language. But WCAG benefits people who don't fall into any of these categories, too. It benefits every generation, lifestyle, and user worldwide. I'll refrain from explaining why everyone needs to be included, and since WCAG works toward that goal, you should love it too. Instead, I'll tell you how people without disabilities benefit greatly from WCAG recommendations. WCAG benefits people using mobile devices on low bandwidth. It benefits people with temporary disabilities, like a broken arm or misplaced glasses. It even benefits people enjoying a day outdoors, at the beach, hiking, watching a sporting event, in bright sunlight. WCAG recommendations truly make a difference for all users. How it benefits. It's great to spout off some situations in which anyone can benefit from WCAG standards, but how do you really know it helps? Lucky for you, I've compiled a few facts and real-world examples of how WCAG helps everyone. WCAG is written to be as user-friendly as possible. All of the guidelines fall into four principles of accessibility. Web content must be perceivable and not just by sight to users, operable so that all users may enter operable so that all users may interact, understandable so everyone can comprehend the necessary information and operations, and robust enough that it's usable by all technologies, including assistive technologies. The W3C provides the necessary guidelines and techniques to meet all four of these principles. They've even gone the extra mile to provide descriptions, examples, support notes, resources, and tests for each technique to assist in their successful implementation. One of the WCAG criteria, which falls in the perceivable category, requires audio description accompanied by captions for on-screen events. This not only benefits those with visual, hearing, and cognitive impairments, but also those in a noisy place or someone who heaven forbid, looks away from their screen for a moment. Another of the WCAG's criteria, which falls in the understandable category, requires clear descriptions or complete wording of abbreviations. This measure is helpful for everyone. Can you imagine if, in my opening paragraphs, I'd only used acronyms instead of telling you what they meant? I would have lost you there. 
and you wouldn't have gained this valuable knowledge. Finally, my last and personal favorite example of WCAG criteria, which also falls into the perceivable category, is color contrast. Higher contrast between the foreground and background provides increased readability. This criteria is not only great for those with disabilities, but also the lucky beachgoer who's taking a break from the water and perusing my content. Always improving. The W3C is always looking for ways to improve WCAG, and every handful of years or so, releases new official recommendations. WCAG is designed to be a technology agnostic standard, meaning that it should be applicable even as technology evolves. But there are sure to be unforeseen technological advances that will require revisions. The W3C will also expand and improve current recommendations too. Therefore, New official recommendations are released on occasion. Thus far, every released rollout is backwards compatible, meaning the new version builds on the old, so you don't have to start from scratch. You can just add on. June 5th of this year brought us WCAG 2.1 with expanded accessibility features. They've added onto their mobile, low vision, and cognitive and learning guidelines which benefits a wider range of web users. Some of these expansions include increased support for interactions requiring touch, expanding color contrast requirements to graphics, and causing enlarged text to wrap so users don't have to scroll left and right. Are you WCAG compliant? So how do you make sure you're WCAG compliant? There are two very easy ways to do this. 1. Talk to your web developers. See what measures they've taken to make your site accessible and direct them to the W3C site for any questions they may have. 2. Enlist a company to audit your website. The company you choose should provide a detailed report of accessibility issues and ways to fix them. Most of these companies can help you with ongoing efforts to maintain WCAG compliance, too. Show some love. WCAG has revolutionized the way the world sees and interacts with the Internet. Let's show our love by utilizing their resources to make our websites all-inclusive. Show your love by including everyone. And finally, this article appeared on July 28 on Leadership entitled New Accessibility Improvements Now Available for Skype. This article appeared on blogs.skype.com. It's S-K-Y-P-E. A few months ago, we provided an update on our continuing commitment to making Skype accessible. We are very grateful for the feedback you've given us. It continues to be an essential and impactful part of our work. We listened and made changes to make Skype more accessible for everyone. Below are just some of the recent accessibility improvements available in Skype version 8. Improved navigation now makes the app easier to use. Navigation is smoother 
and takes a more natural left to right and top to bottom path. Additional information about messages that are sent and received is now displayed. For example, we now announce when messages are sent and when messages you attempt to send have failed. A number of new keyboard shortcuts make it easier to start a chat, answer a call, and navigate within Skype. Visit Skype support for a full list of shortcuts. Accessibility functionality was rolled out across all platforms. Skype version 8 is available on iOS, Android, Mac, Windows, and most recently iPad. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to upgrade now. Only Skype version 8 will be available after September 1, 2018. We continually work to improve our technology to ensure it is accessible and empowers every person and every organization to achieve more. Please share your comments and feedbacks via Microsoft Accessibility User Voice or contact Disability Answer Desk for real-time support via phone, chat, or KSL video phone. If you are an early adopter and would like to participate in early preview releases, please consider joining the Skype Insider community. APH offers a growing collection of accessible mobile apps, and some are free. These apps feature content such as mathematics practice, braille practice, enhanced navigation, and fun stickers for messages. Some apps are designed for iOS, while others are compatible with Android. Learn more about mobile apps from the American Printing House for the Blind at www.aph.org slash products slash mobile hyphen apps. APH's Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Page 4, The Soundprints Calendar. On August 14, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its next meeting in Owensboro, Kentucky. The time is 1 to 3 p.m. Central. The speaker is Jana Billingsley, and the topic will be Wendell Foster Technology and Resource Center, formerly the Western Kentucky Assistive Technology Center. The meeting will be at the Center's Meeting House, 815 Triplett Street in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. On August 16, KCB Convention Planning Committee will hold a meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On August 17, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold a roundabout. There will be education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time from 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person, and games following dinner. The main activity at this roundabout 
will be cooking dinner using the Instant Pot. We will begin cooking activities around 3.30 and they will continue throughout the other activities to dinner time at 6. For more information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. On August 19, the KSB alumni will hold its next board meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On August 20, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board Meeting will be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time and the number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. August 22 is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Peer Support Group Meeting in Lexington from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway, in Lexington, RSVP, or for more information, call 859-259-1834. On August 23, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next peer support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. in Louisville. It will be at United Crescent Hill Ministries and is open to any individual who is losing their vision. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On August 24, the Greater Louisville Council of Blind Roundabout will include a number of activities. Technology will begin at 3.30, the tip sheet from 5 to 5.30, page turners and the Tri-State Library Users Meeting, 5.30 to 6, dinner, $6 per person, 6 to 7, KCB Next Generation Activity, games and crafts from 7 to 9.30. All at the United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. On August 25, there will be a Bards and Storytellers at the American Printing House for the Blind from 1 to 3 p.m. This is an afternoon's entertainment at the popular arts, folklore, and performance series that celebrates the entertainment industry traditions of people with vision loss. In addition to the performance, attendees will learn about the personal events and forces which shaped each performer's career. For more information, call 502-899-2213. On August 25, KCB Next Generation invites you to its next dine-out. 4.30 to 7 p.m. at Cheddar's, 10403 Westport Road in Louisville. For questions or reservations, call Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774 or email amanda at alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T, 87, at gmail.com. On August 26, ACB Families will have its next parent support group meeting. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. On August 27, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have their next membership conference call at 7 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. 
And on August 31, TLCB will have its final roundabout of the month, Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5, Discussion, 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person, and Games and some Crafts Activities from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. Looking ahead to the first part of September, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings on September 2. The Advocacy Committee meets at 7 p.m. and the Education, Activities, and Technology EAT Committee meets at 8. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On September 4, everyone is invited to participate in the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Conference Call Meeting. Participate from anywhere throughout the state at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On September 6, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its monthly conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the line at 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. Remember that ACB Lions is a national affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, and you're invited to participate from anywhere in the United States. On September 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold a roundabout, education and technology, 3.30 to 5, discussion, 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, and games and crafts, 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On September 8, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its monthly board meeting at 11 a.m. by telephone 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On September 9, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation will have its monthly chapter meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On September 9, ACB Families will have its next meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712 712- 432-3900 and entering code 796096. On September 10, KCB Next Generation invites ACB members and individuals under the age of 40 from throughout the United States to participate in its next nationwide conference call at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is for the purpose of organizing a nationwide affiliate of ACB for individuals 40 and under. Call 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. For questions, contact Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774 or email alsmoot87 at gmail.com. On September 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have a picnic from noon to 2.30 p.m. Central Time in Owensboro. Call Rick Boggess at 
270-684-4418 for information about the location. On September 12th, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold a meeting at 7 p.m. by conference call. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155-619. For more information, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On September 12th, KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Dial 669 669- nine zero zero six eight three three and enter code three five seven two five nine five one nine three on september thirteen the kentucky council of citizens with low vision will have its peer support group meeting from one thirty to three thirty p m in louisville at united crescent hill ministries for more information call five zero two eight nine five four five nine eight and on september fourteen will be the GLCB Roundabout Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, Tips 5 to 6, Dinner 6 to 7, Bargain Table at 7 o'clock, Bingo $2 per person from 7.30 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. A few additional activities that you might want to put on your calendar Include the Greater Louisville Council Quarterly Meeting to be held on Friday, September 21 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Statewide Convention to be held November 16 and 17 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville with hotel accommodations at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue and the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas Party on December 1 and the ACB Radio Holiday Auction on December 2. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.